to be a young man these days. What wouldn't I give for that? Think of the time they have. No chaperones, bachelor girls with flats and latchkeys. People say that the modern girl knows how to look after herself. I fancy that's just what she does know, from what my grandsons tell me. It was a man of seventy that was speaking, a plump, red-faced little man with eyes that twinkled. He had obviously a great deal more to say upon the subject, but at that moment the tube lift shot out of its dark tunnel into the daylight of South Kensington, and the remainder of his conversation was lost in the shuffling of feet, the clattering of gates, the roar of traffic. The train of thought was continued, however, by John Terence, as he turned towards the quiet of Brompton Square. Such a point of view might be all very well, he reflected, for a man with sons and grandsons, but it was by no means comforting for one such as himself, who had two daughters, the elder of whom was supporting her own flat on the weekly wage that she received for her activities in Lady Prue Catholic's dressmaking establishment in Brook Street while the other, in her nineteenth year, had successfully presented her claim to a latchkey, an unsupervised correspondence, and a personally selected acquaintance. No, it was by no means comforting. As he walked slowly westwards in the declining sunlight, John Terence would have served as a typical example of the middle-aged, upper-middle-class family man returning to his home at the end of the day's work. He was tallish, slightly stout. He wore a dark, single-breasted coat, a bowler hat, a blue and grey Spitalfield silk tie. Under his arm, he carried a couple of evening papers. His face was sallow, lined a little, tired but firm-mouthed. From one glance, you could picture the external conditions of his life, the degree of relative prosperity, the half-yearly grumbles over super-tax, the business lunches, the weekends of motoring and golf, the bridge, the occasional evenings at his club, the occasional rather formal dinner parties, the bungalow taken every August at some seaside town on the south coast, with himself joining his family for weekends spending a fortnight there in September as a prelude to a bachelor fortnight of golf or motoring with a business friend. A very typical figure, and the thoughts that were fretting him were typical. What was one to do about one's daughters? Unless you wanted your children to develop into cranks, you had to bring them up in more or less the same way that your friends were bringing up theirs. And when the daughters of all your friends were coming back at heaven knew what hour of the morning, from heaven knew what kind of party, with young men whom their parents had never met, you couldn't very well start keeping a check on your daughter's hours and acquaintance. You probably wouldn't get away with it if you were to try. You would only make them desperate and defiant. You just had to sit quiet and trust things to go the way you hoped they would but I'd rather be the father of sons than daughters any day, he reflected as he walked along the left-hand side of the quiet, pleasantly proportioned square.
Against the pavement outside his house, a yellow Bentley was drawn beside his wife's blue Buick. On the oak table in the hall were two strange hats. For the last twenty years, there had been strange hats upon that table. His wife held constant court. Darlingest, I must have my bows, she had said. You don't grudge me my bows, do you? I should feel so old if I didn't have young men around me. And you wouldn't want me to feel that, would you? He had laughed and he had nodded his head. Whatever I say, he had answered, you know quite well that you'll get your way about it. There had been no lack of bows.